definitely human. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. (laughs) It's autumn and this is episode 31, a Halloween special. So to celebrate it being Halloween, I thought I'd show you guys some spooky things about the farmhouse. (laughs) There's a ghost already. Hello. 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 So I'm here with mum and David. And the first one we're going to talk about is the well in the kitchen. (laughs) In our kitchen, we have a glass kind of trap door that opens up into a ye olde well. Explain why it's there. When we um, bought this house, or the farm, and we started renovating the kitchen, we discovered there was a corner of the floor that was slabs and they didn't fit in with the rest of the scheme we were doing. So we wanted to pick the slabs up. And as we were moving them up, I heard plopping sounds and the aggregate around the slabs was falling into water. And I stuck my hand in very bravely (laughs) and suddenly, ah, there was water under the floor was the well and that led to us tracing back the history of the house and that's when we discovered that it's two houses and the kitchen was actually a courtyard between the two and the well fed the houses your dad had the water pumped out he was convinced there was a pot of gold at the bottom but there was nothing but it's complete solid rock and the water trickles in it stays pretty high rises up and down with the rainfall we had an armoured glass top put on it so we couldn't fall through it. But you can look through the glass and see the water below. And you've got a light that you can turn on and see through. And We used to. It's given up the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's actually 15 feet deep. Whoever dug it, dug it down straight to the bottom with little ledges on it to put their candles. So it's pretty old. So should we open it up and take a look inside? Yeah. So how many ghosts are going to come pouring out, do you reckon? Thousands. Thousands. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not to mention the spiders. Oh, no, even worse. (laughs) Yeah, maybe hold those bits rather than you don't want to hurt your fingers. just want to drop the back down. Oh, wow. Ooh, look at the cobwebs. 
Where's my phone? I'll shine a shine a light. Oh, you've got an actual torch. Well, I would have, but he's run out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... Halloween after all. <laughs> Let me get my torch. Ooh, look. Wow, it is actually really big, isn't it? It's huge. I had it in my mind that it was just enough for one person to fit down, there but used it's probably... To be, this wooden thing across wooden here... bar, yeah. There used to be another one, that side, and you can see the hole where it was, and then there were these big blue slabs like we've got out on the terrace. They were across the top, and on top of that was the floor. A couple of years ago, I realised that the other thing must have rotted in the rain, and um, it's fallen to the floor. It's a tree trunk, isn't it? It's oh, it still is. Got the and I can see that end isn't going to be very long because that one's rotting. Look, it's got oh, mould yeah. on it. But the water in the winter will be up above this tree trunk. Wow! And you've got some amazing photos of um, Dad and Granddad going down some a step ladder all yes. the way to the bottom. Yes, I have. He's in his underpants because he didn't want to get his trousers muddy. <laughs> It is about, I'd say, what, a metre and a half by two, two and a half metres? Yeah, about that. Yeah. It's much bigger than I thought it was, actually, looking inside. You could fit a lot more ghosts in there than I initially (laughs) estimated. It's where I put unwanted visitors. (laughs) Oh, noted. (laughs) So, next up. When you come in our house, in through the back door, which is really the front door, um, the house is the wrong way around, there is immediately to the left a door that opens up to the back stairs, which goes up into the attic. So, watch out for spiders' webs. (laughs) So, I never really thought about... When you walk down from the studio and you walk towards the back door of the house, there's a window in the end of the house. And I never really thought about it until we moved down and I asked you and you said that there's a hidden room with no door. Yeah, absolutely right. (laughs) The room with no door sounds like an Edgar Allan Poe poem or something. Yeah, that's what we've got here. And it's just beyond that wall there. I guess let's head up into the attic where we can see it. Wait, is this not the attic? No. What? (laughs) <laughs> have you never yeah. been up in the attic oh you're in oh, for a surprise i didn't even know there was another door here yeah, yeah. unfortunately one of the um, floorboards sits up in the you got to stand on the floorboard we can fit that's, through there yeah, can't that's we as much as you need Ooh, it's Okay. So the people that lived in this part of the house are they, still here. They had, a, they had a party one night and they came up into the roof and they scrolled on the walls with graffiti. DJ Nichols was here January 24th, 1981. So let's just go to the top of the stairs. So, oh, can, can you see the bat flying around? Oh, yeah. So there are bats hanging from the rafters up here. And that is the room with no door. Oh. So that's the window looking out into the garden. Just before your dad bought this place, he said he would buy it if they um, sh- the outside was really scruffy and they were going to re-render it. And um, they started re-rendering it and the wet of the render on the walls overnight pulled the rest of the walls down and the whole end of the house fell out. Oh, wow. And so when they put it back in, he said, right, well, I'll still buy it, but you've got to put it right. 
And um, they said, look, you've got a room there. Do you want us to stick a window in? And he said, yes, good idea. And so, <laughs> so it saved a few breeze blocks. Um, so that's why there's a window there. But the room, it was always ever, because this used to be a barn, that end room. You know, they didn't have roofs. Or they didn't have upstairs. Upstairs, upstairs. <laughs> so we're actually looking down on the room from the attic. Yes. So there's no ceiling on the room. It just goes straight up into the rafters above. So, yeah, you've never been up into the rafters of the house. I have not. No, no. Why would he have? <laughs> this is where David sleeps. <laughs> um, but, yeah, walk. let's walk through this way. Just mind your head, David, because there's some very low... There's no lights up here, so have you got your torch on you? Can you... I've got, you can use my phone if you want. Just hold it, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, it's huge. Yeah. There's loads more to it. We'll keep, keep walking to the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in there, do you remember the fort? Oh, yeah. Before this house was insulated, this room used to be full of old toys and stuff from my gran and granddad. And in there's like a fort that they built. The, uh, the bedroom where yeah. Can you see any bats hanging? I can't. Oh, no, I can. There's one in the rafter over there. Just east. They sort of hang out back and forth. See, there's one over there. Oh, here, look, right above us. Hello. So, guys, what did you think about that? Very spooky, having bats in the attic. I'm sure our version of what's quite cute and quaint is pure horror to some people. So from bats in our own attic, we are now going to see bats in a farmhouse. We are going to Maxine's farmhouse where she has a maternity roost or bat nursery. There is a bat group that sort of meet there and count the number of bats that come in and out because it's very important for conservation. We will be meeting with Mike Symes from the Devon Wildlife Trust. He's sort of the head of this bat group and he will have a bat detector. So we'll actually be able to hear what the bats sound like. It's going to be so spooky. I'm so excited. So mum and I have just arrived at a farm in Knoll, Gillard's farm, where there are some greater horseshoe bats and it's a maternity roost, which is super rare to see. The greater horseshoe bat is very rare. We've got the lesser horseshoe at our farm, but the greater horseshoe is even rarer and there's only a few roosts known about. They mate in some roosts, they have nurseries in other roosts. Um, it's not really known where they spend their time. Sometimes they are in old kind of silver mines and um, sea caves and then other times they're in old farm buildings. So tonight I'm super excited. They should have some like listening equipment so we'll be able to hear what the bats sound like and we should hopefully see some flying lessons from the baby bats. I've got a couple of chairs we're going to sit outside. I've got a couple of um, fold-out chairs that I've brought with us and we're going to sit outside and just wait for the bats to emerge as the light gets more and more dim. They're really big, actually. I wasn't expecting yeah. them to be so big. Yeah, it's about a 40 centimetre wingspan, so it's quite 
Yeah, as a foot. So the, cl the little clicky ones are the pipistrelles, so you just right. hear some, like a stuttering kind of, um, that's the pipistrelle, and then that kind of warbling sound you know, is the horseshoes that we're seeing, I think as they're coming out of here, and then they're kind of going in front of this building, and then it's just picking them up as they're kind of circling around inside that barn and then and nipping over there. That's it. Yeah, so that, that sound is the pipistrelle. See how different it is to the yeah. that kind of. Is that so 15, really? If you get that warbling sound, it's either you know you've got either lesser or greater horseshoe, um, and then they call it different frequencies. So greater horseshoe is about 80, 80 kilohertz on here. You, uh -huh. can, you can kind of move up and down and change the frequency. Um, oh, that's a bird. <laughs> that's, I don't know what that was. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, lesser horseshoe is about one hundred and ten. So you can kind of, you can kind of tune right here to see which it's yeah if you didn't know which one it was to see which it was stronger at. Um, and then pipistrels, common pipistrels, about 45. Um, there's several coming out wow. here. Wow! <laughs> Is that the actual sound they make it's not their wings flapping? No, it's, it's their, yeah, it's their accreditation. So it's what they're kind of yeah, shouting out, trying, you know, trying to find prey, kind of homing on insects. Or, oh, um, and, and just to navigate around as well. A little bit closer now, just trying to up again. Oh my goodness! Oh, so sweet! <laughs> so sweet! Oh. Yeah, that was incredible! Yeah! That's lovely, isn't it? Oh. I thought they'd have gone. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet! So small, so sweet! You see, if you look up here, this is the new felt. Oh, tip tea on my leg. Um, this is the new felt that they don't like because the claws can't right. in it. And this little piece was left, probably because mum had the new roof put on. Yeah, it's almost like they were just climbing up it, weren't they? Yeah. Wasn't that lovely? You could see that one flying. You could see all the wings and the veins in the wings. That's the noise the babies are making. Yeah, it's just picking up on here, yeah. Again, it's sort of not exactly like, you know, it's converting it into something we can hear. Can you see any up here? <laughs> Be out around now, yeah. Time. So, Mum and I have just got back from the evening at the bat nursery. Is it no. bat nursery? Maternity no. roost. Maternity roost. Well, it is kind of like a nursery, isn't well, it? Well, it is, but they call it a maternity roost. It's a maternity roost. I can't believe how many there were there. They were counting them coming out. Was there about 50? Yeah, I think they got to 52. 52 adult bats and then there were about 20 baby bats inside the barn. So we sat out in the courtyard. There's all these very old farm buildings surrounding us. There was an old pig shed and barn and, you know, farm buildings and everything. And we just waited for the light to dim. And suddenly, one by one, they all flitted out. They went around the courtyard. Some of them whizzed so close to my ear, I could feel the air move, you know. And Mike had the bat listening equipment, which was really bat amazing. Detector. Bat yeah. detector. Hearing the difference between the pipistrelle and the greater horseshoe. It was interesting that the house belonged to the mother of the lady that was there and it had been empty for a year. And so it's very overgrown. And that's possibly why there were so many bats there. Quiet too, I imagine. But they seemed to know. They'd obviously been monitoring these bats and they all come out the same little hole in the corner of the barn, which is why they were able to count them out. And they go out and they don't come back. So because I said, how do you know they're not just going around the block? And <laughs> no, 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 they go out. They don't come home till about four o'clock in the morning. 
busy. Mm. The reasons why bat numbers are declining so much is because bats have so little energy. The amount of moths and insects that they eat per night only just sustains them. And then to have a baby as well, they only have about one baby a year, is it? It's one baby every two years. It's very minimal. Um, They just don't have the extra energy. They can't eat enough insects to give them extra energy. They just survive and that's it. And that's why numbers are declining so much because Mm. such things as temperature... I found it so fascinating that when the temperature is either drops down, it's too cold or it's too warm, bats seem to disappear from farm buildings and in rafters. And instead, it's thought that they go to sea caves or old mines. We've got quite a few old mines, she was saying, around here. Is it like tin mines, silver mines? Mm. Um, That's fascinating. What was amazing about the Greater Horseshoe Bat is it was actually quite big, wasn't it? It was the size of a blackbird. And it had white chests. Yes. Yeah, they were huge. We could see the tiny pipistrels going around, yes. which are the common bat that we get in this country. But the greater horseshoe being very rare, and it was huge it was. compared to the pipistrel. I've never seen one before. <laughs> they were much faster as well. Blink and you missed them. They were just whizzing around, weren't they? Mm. It was amazing. Yeah. Cool. There's so little known about bats, isn't there? And I think, I guess that's another thing we discovered this evening is just how little is known about where they go in wintertime because we only see them for the summer months when they're sort of rearing babies and mating. And they were saying the the male bats have quite a small space. They'll sort of hang even in like a doorway and sound off that they're there and the females will come and mate with them. And that's kind of like the mating roost. And then the maternity roost, like we saw tonight, is just females and babies. Yes. Oh, also he was saying that usually you don't actually get to observe the great horseshoe bat or you you instead look at what's on the floor and he pointed out there was a butterfly wing there was a a beetle beetle shell Mm -hmm. you know it's quite fascinating to see all the things they feast on actually was on the floor with their guana when you're trying to look for any species you look for what they cast off and you see more of that than you do the actual creature you're looking for they managed to in the summertime they got sort of butterfly net and they tagged some of them that's what i was going to say ah but the tracking only lasts for eight days or something they glue this little aerial to their backs which is about an inch half an inch long but they glue it on with an ordinary glue that you can buy off the shelf but it only stays for a few weeks and then it drops off so it's impossible to keep catching the same bat to find out where it's going next i imagine it's more like um prit stick than loctite But yeah, they were saying, yeah, they don't know where it goes for winter and you would have to make sure that you stick it on basically just before they're about to fly forever they go for winter. So it's just so amazing to me. There's so little known about things that we live alongside of. Mm. But yeah, it was a great evening, wasn't it? There were sort of five of us there, five diehard nature fans. (laughs) I mean, everybody that was invited were farmers and you were saying that the reason why a lot of farmers weren't there is because it's the busiest time of year, isn't it? So Yes, there's only about 30 odd people in that group anyway and they would have all been out farming this time of year so yeah not a good turnout but the most important people were there (laughs) echo 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 i'm just in my studio now i hope you guys enjoyed that little bat excursion it was so much fun i hardly record in here because of the echo are you just going to appear in every segment of this (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking about? Hi. The fans demand it. 
Um, we have been having some incredible weather here at the moment. It's full autumn mode. Right now I'm looking out over the estuary and there's just fog misting over the entire other side of the valley. You could I, all... actually, I think the mist is fogging. <laughs> the mist is fogging all over well, the valley. fog misting is, is right. <laughs> Autumn hasn't actually been that spooky for us. It's just been really, really beautiful. And I really feel at the moment, you know, I've got this really chunky sweater on and I'm just pottering about and just really feel like I'm living my best life. How do you feel, David? Because it's been a while since anybody asked you how you're transitioning to Devon. I mean, we've nearly been here a year now. Do you feel like you're actually settled in? I wasn't expecting to be asked a question. Um... I will get back to you. (laughs) Happy Halloween, everyone. I hope your week is filled with festively appropriate emotions like horror and fear. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by my spooky husband, David Knight. Thank you, guys, and thank you for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after-show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week, we'll be talking about Halloween. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.